Welcome to the Officer Media Group Roll Call Podcast. Officer Roll Call is meant to inform and entertain. Now, let's get into this episode. Welcome to another episode of the Officer Roll Call Podcast. I'm Paul Peluso, the editor of Officer Magazine. I'm joined, as always, by Frank Borelli, the editorial director of Officer Media Group. How's it going today, Frank? Good morning, Paul. Doing well. So today we'll be talking about trends in law enforcement uniforms and apparel. And in the upcoming March-April issue of Officer Magazine, there'll be an article titled 2023 Uniform Trends, written by Jackie Rosselli from the Network Association of Uniform Manufacturers and Distributors, also known as NAMED. In the article, she explores how Class A uniforms have largely been replaced by Class B uniforms and tactical wear and how the technology that goes into making uniforms has made them both practical and comfortable for our officers on the street. Frank, can you talk a little bit about how you've seen uniform, um, the materials, what what they're made of, the the overall um, composition evolve over time? Yeah, so, you know, and as much as I hate to say, reaching back over 40 years of my experience and then having knowledge of some time before that, we've come a long way from law enforcement professionals wearing a full dress blue uniform on the street. I mean, complete with the dress blouse. Uh, what other people would call a, a dress coat or a jacket um, with the belt and what we used to call a suicide strap. And those those uniforms um, were made of wool by and large. And they were, can you imagine in the summertime having to wear long sleeve shirt and pants and then a coat over top of that? And, and you know, it was just so, it, well, and, and then it absorbed moisture and, and just kept you warm and made you warmer and you just started cooking and we've come a long way from that to we went through polyester and when everything was polyester um and we realized that's not good around heat um and a lot of things uh, changed because we work in very austere environments and we don't need our uniforms sticking to us if they get hot and start to melt uh nomex came on the scene and all of the blends and everything else and now we've really gotten to a point immediately prior to covid where we had a great blend and great mobility and great comfort, but we still had so much stuff that had to be dry cleaned. And and then COVID, um, you know, all, all but shut down the dry clean business, especially where uniforms are concerned. We still had to wear a uniform every day. We had to be able to launder it at home. So we took the next step. And now we have a lot of these uniforms. They still look very professional. They still meet the need. Uh, they're still comfortable. They're still flexible but we can launder them at home. And and that's a great evolution to have. Um, and, you know, looking at it, I still think they try to move every day towards things that are more ergonomic, more greater comfortable or greater comfort, greater mobility. Um, and then, I mean, there's a, there's a cost that's attached to that, but I, I do know a lot of the companies are trying to minimize that. There comes a price point where agencies can't afford it and they know what that limit is, but we have certainly, certainly in 40 to 50 years come a long way from wool dress blues to uh, hybrid materials and um, different designs. Yeah, and Frank, really the, the different types of blends, the um, technology that has really gone into this to create new products, new uh, fabrics that have been able to uh you know, kind of add to that comfortability uh, for officers. That has been, you know, one, one of the biggest things for him, it looks like. And um, I, I like one of the quotes she has uh, in this article from CEO of um, 
uh, Ace Uniforms, Rory uh, Stager, said uh, he doesn't expect Lululemon to launch a tactical line anytime soon. But if they did, it would be a hit. And of course, it's you know, a little tongue in cheek, a joke. But the comfort of these uniforms is the biggest thing a lot of these com companies are uh, looking to push. And you have, you know, Flying Cross, uh, Vertex, uh, 511, Blower, Albico, all of them are coming out with new lines uh, that really focus on, you know, the flexibility, um, including stretchable and, and um, breathable and, you know, kind of high performance uh, fabrics that really add to a lot of this is, is that what you've been seeing as well? Oh yeah. And, and there's a great value in that when you have a material that in the summertime, you're hot, it wicks away sweat and helps keep you cool. But in the wintertime, it helps retain your body heat. And it's the same material. There's a huge value in that. And, um, you know, I give you the perfect example. I talked about dress blues earlier and we talk about mobility. Uh, I got married wearing my dress blue uniform. And if I'd had to get my gun out of my holster, there was no way I could do it because the uniform was tailored so precisely, but with such minimal flexibility that I couldn't get my arm, my elbow up high enough to be able to get my hand on my handgun to get it out of the holster, much wow. less if I got it on the holster, get it up out of the holster. And, you know, when you go from that, the reality is that on the street, you never know what's going to be demanded of you, what positions you're going to have to get in, what's going to happen in a fight. Um, that mobility, that flexibility and, and materials that are durable enough to put up with it while supporting your comfort, that has come so far, and they really are doing a great job of it. Uh, all those companies you mentioned with the new, with, with the flexibility in, in the comfort fabrics. So, yeah, so fly, Flying Cross came out with the uh, the core stat uh, uniforms. That was a year or two ago. And th those have really, uh, you know, strived to be, you know, flexible and comfortable. They use um, a, a lightweight polyester blend. Um, and then just at SHOT Show uh, in January, 511 debuted their new XDU uniforms. I know you got a chance to see those uh, in person while you were there, Frank. Can you talk just a little bit about what you saw uh, with 511's new XTU line? So it's XT as in time. It, it's really easy for it yeah. to sound like we're saying something different. XTU. Um, and and they're what you would expect in the next evolution of a tactical uniform. The, the uniform shirts with the performance torso, the performance material torsos, uh, quarter zip, and then, you know, the sleeves are the the regular, we say regular, they're um, the ripstop fabric with um, a stretch or a flex built into it on the arms and shoulders, the elbows and shoulders, especially for the durability, you know, zippered pockets. And that's the shirt. When you look at the pants with um, knee pads actually built into them, external hard knee pads built into them, um, the cargo pockets moved from the sides of the thigh to the front of the thigh, which helps keep them accessible even if you're wearing a holster on a thigh platform the usual features beyond that you would expect from 511 pants um they're they're it's it's the next evolution uh, of a tactical uniform made to wear armor over the shirt um but keep you both warm or cool depending on your environment your working conditions I think they're going to go a long way. It'd be interesting to see how they go. There, it looks like they're available at the moment in a black, gray, a, a shade of green, ranger green, and then dark navy, um, which is going to cover, I think the only thing they're missing is khaki, probably. There'll be a demand for khaki at some point. We'll see what they do. 
So one of the interesting things that was uh, included in this article is a line from um, a company named Kobex, um, where they're, they're fleece-lined sweaters, uh, you know, mock turtleneck sweaters um, that, you know, it it's interesting looking. It's not it's not something that you see every day. And, you know, in, in the colder months, these could uh, come come in handy. And uh, it looks like they are very, uh, you know, comfortable and flexible material. What do you think of, you know, the, the addition of, you know, sweater attire uh, for on the street? So I used to always love them. I mean, yeah. remember, we're talking about a time when I was wearing them that there wasn't really body armor being worn external mm-hmm. by patrol officers. Um, and I hated wearing a parka or a long jacket. I didn't want anything that interfered with my access to my sidearm or any of the tools on my gun belt. So I would, uh, you know, once I put on my uniform, I put the sweater on over everything. Uh, and unless it was raining, that was my external, that was my outer garment. Um, you could still tuck it in, loosen your belt a notch because you had the extra padding around your waist, uh, which I have now without the uniform because I'm retired. Um, but uh, it's a very professional look. It's it's a very, it provides a lot of warmth. It doesn't cut wind. So uh, I think some people still be looking for a, a windbreaker or something over it. It's a, it's a great garment for maintaining access to your, your gun belt, uh, your, the tools on your belt and your sidearm. And one, one more thing that they uh, touched on here was uh, Smith and Warren's new matte black finish uh, badge basically you know um and that was launched uh last year and just the improvements and the um the evolution of the badges themselves what what have you seen i mean having a black black matte finish uh, badge is a lot different than the the, the shiny badges of the past uh, how have you seen those evolve oh well, and you know in, in the old days everything what you put on your uniform was shiny and it all got inspected and you had to polish it and it was gold or brass and and it was also very reflective. And, and I think over the years we realized um, it was better to blend in the dark if we were working in an unfriendly environment in a low light situation, which was about where 80% of our shootings occurred. Uh, we didn't want that bright, shiny stuff on our uniform. So, I mean, that's why when you look at the difference between a patrol person and a SWAT person, you know, everything on a SWAT uniform subdued, it's shades of gray or black or green. It, you know, you don't have the shiny gold or silver stuff on there. Um, and that's why we changed to a lot of now you see patch badges. They're they're a kind of a plasticky, rubbery material on hook and loop. And you can just put it on your uniform wherever you have the, the patch material, the loop material. But I tell you, that this is a great move by Smith & Warren. It follows on their history. You know, there used to be a time when badges were very simple and what I would call rudimentary looking. They were just a shield. And sometimes they had an eagle. Um, sometimes they had a, a, a badge number on them. Some of the bigger agencies still do that, like D.C. and uh, New York City. Um, but then they started, we, we came a long way just towards designs and being able to come up with different stars and different ovals, different shields, different shapes. You can get badges now shaped like your state. Um, I mean, they've, they've come such a long way with that and, and the materials. And I think this is, is an, a logical next step where you have a matte, that's non-reflective black finish badge where you can still be wearing a badge. Um, and that's important. A lot of administrators, you know, the old school guys that still believe you have to have a metal badge on, even if you're wearing a SWAT uniform, they're still out there. Um, and, th- and this is certainly something that would suit that need. Um, 
I, I think it's a good step for them. It'll be interesting to see how many other people in the business copy that finish, how quickly. So one more thing, Frank, just um, it looks like these companies really have to strike that right balance between comfortability, but uh, also, you know, keeping that appearance of of law enforcement. And um, Rick Levine, the executive director of uh, NAMED, uh, says in here that, you know, uniforms are not just attire. They represent strength and competence for law enforcement community and uniforms have the power to foster pride and still trust and facilitate job performance. Um, how do you think these companies have dealt with that matter of, you know, still coming off looking like law enforcement, um, but also keeping officers uh, comfortable while, while safe. I, I think the, I think the uniform companies, manufacturers do a great job of providing the next generation of uniforms at meeting all of the needs of comfort, mobility, durability, ease of maintenance, all that stuff. I think the larger challenge really falls uh, often to the, to the agencies um, you know, you can have two officers standing side by side and one looks sharp and professional in a given uniform and in the exact same uniform standing next to him, you have the guy that looks like Oscar from the odd couple. And, and you know, he, he just, he needs to be cleaned up. He needs to be tightened up. He needs to have his uniform squared away. He just doesn't maintain it. He doesn't look professional. Um, there's a big benefit for an officer who looks squared away. Uh, and they did a study years ago that's, and, and they, they questioned, convicts and and why they did or didn't attack police officers and and universally their answer was if they look sharp squared away and alert and aware and fit i didn't want to attack them that, that's a that's a fight i'm not going to win if they look sloppy if they look lazy yeah I'll, I'll fight them because they i've got a better chance of winning i'm doing i'm paying more attention than they are um the uniform goes a long way towards helping with that professional appearance but ultimately it's up to the officer and you can look I'll say that you can look as just as squared away in a like LAPD wears utility blue uniforms or just navy blue uniforms. They look 100% professional. New York, same thing. But then you go down to Texas and you get agencies that are wearing cowboy boots, jeans, a button down shirt, and a tie, and that's with a badge on. That's their uniform, and it looks just as professional. But it's a different region. It's a different perception. It's a different community. It's ultimately up to the agency and the officer to look professional. The uniforms are given the times they're they're cutting edge they're they we come a long way and now it's just up to us to keep ourselves looking good in them that's the challenge for law enforcement for the people wearing the bags so frank can you talk about just to close this out uh the first uniform you ever had to wear uh compared to the last uniform you had to wear before retirement so the first uniform i ever wore was actually battle dress utilities bdus in the army uh when i went in um, and, and there's, there's actually a link, if you look at it historically between uniform evolution that the military has, and that law enforcement has used to be really only, uh, viewable in tactical teams and SWAT teams. And there used to be about a 15 to 20 year gap, um, between what the military would develop or what people would develop for the military. And then how long it would take that to, to get into law enforcement, uh, mainstream uniform wear. that gap now, I think is cut down quite a bit. You still have more of an uh, overall application tactically than day-to-day. -day. Uh, the day-to-day -day uniform is between the military and law enforcement, pretty much the same. It's a dress shirt, <clears throat> excuse me, uniform pants of whatever kind, uh, highly polished shoes, although we see less of that in law enforcement. Um, so there is that thing. Now, first, my first was BDUs. I was first uniform I wear, Army uniforms. I had dress greens. 
um, class A, class B, all that's still out there. My last uniform, uh, quite honestly, because I was doing nothing but training, was 5'11 tactical pants, 5'11 tactical boots, a polo shirt, and we had a couple of different manufacturers that had an embroidered badge on it. Um, and, uh, you know, I was carrying my my handgun in a, uh, a holster. I had a couple of different options, a holster and badge on my belt. And that was my uniform of the day. So when you look at comfort, it was a huge, huge difference. When you look at professional appearance, what I wore was acceptable to the setting and my assignment. Um, I think... That's probably common coast to coast. If I was if I was working in training day to day in an academy setting, I'd have been in a full uniform, um, complete with tie, depending on the season. Um, not full dress uniform, but class A. Uh, if I'd been in the academy setting, so I mean, it we it it's all it's a big big difference between BDUs and uh, you know five elevens and a polo. Great. Well, thanks for sharing uh, that with us, Frank. And yeah, I think we had a pretty good conversation here. If um, anybody wants to reach out to us, uh, as always, you can reach us at editors at officer.com. And I'd, I'd like to thank everybody for listening into these and joining us for another officer uh, roll call roll call podcast. Is there anything you'd like to add, Frank? No, just like every day, every time we talk, Paul, I want these yeah. people to stay safe and get home at the end of their tour. Now they can do it a little bit more comfortably with this uniform evolution. Well said, Frank, and uh, take care, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of Officer Roll Call. Be sure to check back every two weeks for a new episode. Stay safe.